Welcome to our Through the Bible study here on Bible In-Depth Network with Alex. In our study, we look at the context of Scripture and how it applies to our daily lives. We also believe that there's no limitation to the revelation of the Word God. Let's study together today. Yes, praise be to God. I hope you're safe. I hope the Lord has kept you safe and sound. This is a day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and we shall be glad in it. Thank you for the time you take to join us in our study of the Word of God. And here we study and aim to study through the Bible from the book of Genesis to Revelation. And uh, as we always say, we believe there is no limitation to the revelation of the Word of God because God reveals His Word to everybody who shows need. If you want God to speak to you, He'll indeed come. And he will speak to you. We are handling the book of Matthew. And uh, today I want us to continue with chapter 4 of this book of Matthew. Remember at this point, uh, Jesus has been baptized. And to make it, uh, to take note of this, at his baptism, the Holy Spirit, uh, the Spirit of God, uh, descended upon him, alighting on him. And a voice came out and said, This is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. So at this point, there's readiness for ministry. He's ready for the ministry. He's ready to go out and minister. It's important for us to know that before ministry, you have to have the Holy Spirit with you because we do not do it in our own power. We do not go out to preach in our own power. We don't go out to minister in our own power. We don't go out to whatever sort of ministry we do. It's not done in our own power, but we need the Holy Spirit. And after Jesus is filled, yeah, has this uh, the Holy Spirit come upon him, alighting on him, he sets the path to get out into ministry. When you go out to do things in your own power without the Holy Spirit upon your life, then it's a joke. You go and fight in your own strength, then it's a joke because we always need the Spirit of God with us. Now, chapter 4 starts uh, by saying, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. The interesting thing here, as we read this statement, it more or less uh, shows like he's led up for a purpose. And that purpose was clear, that he should be tempted. The reason that he is taken or led into the wilderness has a reason with it, to be tempted by the devil. But he's taken by the Spirit. He's led by the Spirit into um, the, the, the wilderness. And this is an interesting thing. Some of us lead ourselves into temptation. You, you lead your way into temptation. Ah, I just went to visit him. I went there and things started to happen. I, we didn't intend to do anything. We just ended up in the affair. But you led your way there. Yeah, Some of it is intentional. Yeah, James chapter 1 verse 14 says, but every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust and enticed. So some of these things that we do, we are the ones that bring ourselves in such positions. But in this case that we read here about Christ, he's not the one that leads himself into that. He is led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted 
by the devil. And uh, this is uh, in, the, in the Old Testament, there is a reference here or something that could look quite similar to what happened because uh, in the Old Testament, he led, God led his people yeah, in the wilderness. And uh, when they were in the wilderness, they were tested. Yeah, so, so there is some similarity there in these two events. God led them into the wilderness. In this case, the Spirit leads uh, Jesus into the wilderness for a purpose, to be tempted. Even for the uh, Israelites, they were taken there to be tested. And uh, it's clear to see the difference of those two, testing and temptation. One day we shall uh, make it quite uh, clear and have a discussion on that. And um, in this case, it is brought out of who comes out to tempt. Yeah, this in this case, it is the devil himself carrying out the temptation. He's not sending any envoys to carry out the temptation, but the devil himself uh, is uh, the one that is brought out here who leads this process of tempting Jesus. And after he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he then became angry. Key word after, after he had fasted. 40 days and 40 nights, then he became angry. It's like uh, during the fast, there was no hunger that was going on. This is an interesting thing. Things led by the Spirit, if you're led into the fast by the Holy Spirit, you don't start yawning at around midday. Hmm? Because you are led, it is a process that you have been led into by God himself. Jesus having been led by the Spirit, into this fast, in this wilderness where he is at this point, it is after the 40 days and nights are done that he gets hungry. Yeah, so, some of these fasts are self, uh, self-decisions, okay? But then, some uh, we do just by following the crowd. Is it the Spirit leading you to do what you're doing? When God tells the other party, or somebody has a revelation, or somebody has uh, this feeling that they should get into a fast, and you also just copy. Is Are you being led into that fast? Are you being led? And it's very important. Otherwise, sometimes we do things for nothing. Yeah, But he's led 40 days, 40 nights. Yeah, And uh, Exodus chapter 34, verse 28, And he was there with the Lord 40 days and 40 nights. He did neither eat bread nor drink water, and he wrote upon the tablets the words of the covenant, the Ten Commandments. In this case, it's Moses. So here we also see a similarity between the two, Moses and Jesus. Forty days, forty nights, Jesus spends in the wilderness. Forty days, forty nights, Moses spends up the mountain fasting and writing. Yeah, He was not asking for food. He was also not getting hungry along the way. He was not getting hungry at midday asking for food because this is a led um, event. This is a period led by the Spirit, led by God. And while Moses is up on the mountain, he's writing the Ten Commandments on the tables of stone. And also Jesus here, there's, there are some things that happen within your fast. There's the connection with God. There's you receive from God. What Moses here is doing is reception from God. And in this period, there's a reception that you receive from God. When Jesus is in the wilderness, he's not just having a party. There's a relationship, there's a fellowship that is happening 
with his God. And you too, in your fast, there is a fellowship that should occur. There is a, a, a discussion that should be happening with God in your spirit and opening you up to the mysteries of God and letting you know the things that are to be done, the things that you are supposed to change in your life. There is something that happens while you're in a fast. So it's not that during the fast you're looking forward to when will it clock 6 p.m. so that I eat. You need to be cautious sometimes because we may lead ourselves into processes that are not led by God. Yeah? And uh, he becomes hungry like any normal person would do at the end of his fast. And the tempter came and said to him, if you are the son of God, command the stones to become bread. Now, I want to first make a point here. The tempter does not come during the 40 days because the 40 days are spirit-filled. They're spirit-led. In that period, there is no room. The moment the physical comes in, that Jesus becomes hungry. Now, those are the physical uh, aspects of humankind. The moment Jesus comes in with a hunger, then the tempter comes in. The moment their physical things attached to us, then there is room for the tempter to come in. The moment our desires of the flesh are um, brought out, then the enemy comes in because he tempts by desires of the flesh. He tempts by those things that will give us a good feeling, that will excite us, those things that are physical. In the spiritual realm, there is no room for him to come and tempt. Because there, you're filled with the Holy Spirit. There, you are in communion with God. There, you are in fellowship with God. And you realize that in many of the genuine fasts that are done, when you are committed to God in that period, when you're doing that which God has asked you to do, when you're having fellowship with him, when your mind is focused, when your spirit is aligned and to the will of God during that fast, you have... Uh, quite good days because they are led by God because there is the leading of the Holy Spirit with you. And now, the minute Jesus gets hungry, the minute the flesh has that desire yeah, of, of food or uh, an element that is connected to satisfaction, then the tempter comes in and he says to him, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become bread. The enemy will always tempt you over the things that you want to meet your desire at that point. Since Jesus is hungry, the temptation that will come is for him to turn the stones into bread and eat. The temptation that will come for you at the point is related to what you're going through at that time. Yeah? So you, you will not be needing food and then you get a temptation of a car. For the things that you desire at that moment, physically, is where the temptations start to creep in. And now for him, he's given that. Let these stones become bread. You can do it. You're hungry. You will eat. It sounds good. You're hungry. Okay, what does Jesus lose? Because he's Jesus. He can ch turn the stones into bread and eat. But who brings the temptation? Who, to who tells you to do that? It's not God. So, as far as this turning is concerned, in their days, there were all sorts of magicians. And uh, 
we we've read about some of them uh, who used to turn themselves into animals uh transform into other substances yeah turning stones into bread was not something new it's something that had been done by some of these magicians so it's uh the, what 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 is being told here to do in their time they had all sorts of people on magicians who could do such things and uh it wasn't for the glory of God that they were doing that. And when Satan comes, or the devil comes in this point, telling Jesus to do that, it's not for the glory of God. It's for self-satisfaction. We need to be careful with the things we do when it's just about our self-glorification. Because you can do it doesn't mean you should do it. If it does not give glory to God, don't do it. Jesus is done with his fast. Forty days and nights, done. He's hungry. He can do it, but it does not glorify God. He can't do it to prove to the enemy that, hey, you know I have the power to do that. No. He stands his ground and he answers and says, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. He speaks and answers to this temptation by the word of God. The way we fight temptation, the way we fight attack, is by speaking the word of God. Jesus does not reply by uh, bringing a lot of other things that he could use to attack the enemy. No, he uses scripture. When I am faced with temptation, I need scripture that backs it up. Because when you bring scripture, the devil knows that this is not playing ground for me. And what Jesus says is, man shall not live by bread alone but on every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Now, where is he picking this? Because as, as, as we learn about him, in his growth in this time, uh, growing as a child, he learns the word. He learns the scriptures. He's taught. He goes through the schools of these rabbis. He knows what scripture says. And when he's answering the devil at this point, he's speaking through Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 3 because there it says and he humbled you and suffered you to hunger and fed you with manna which you knew not neither did your fathers know that he might make you know that man does not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds out of the man out out of the for, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the lord does man live Jesus, god had told this to the israelites this is uh, what Jesus is saying here is not um, something he has come up with by himself. Yeah, It is something that has been spoken before. It was talk, talked about in the days of Moses. And they were told that you shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. So Jesus is speaking through scripture. What is my life with the word of God? Do I know scripture? That in times where I'm facing temptation, in times where I'm facing crisis, I have scripture that comes out to back me up. Scripture that comes out to push me forward. That's why we need to know the word of God. That's why we study here so that we know what the word of God says. That in the time to fight, you can come out and fight. And you fight with the word of God. Yeah. So he tells him, this hunger that I have, can be sorted by the word of God. You do not live by just the physical things. You do not live 
just by the things that attract. You do not live by the excitements of this world. You need the word of God. And this is what Jesus is saying here. The fact that you're hungry does not imply you need to eat food. The fact that you're hungry does not imply you need to listen to the enemy so that you have satisfaction. No. What does the word of God say? Yeah? What does the word of God say? That's what we have to live by in our daily life. There are events, there are things, there are days where things are going to be on the wrong side and you feel like you're left alone and the enemy is going to come and put words within you and say, do this. It will satisfy your flesh. But listen to the word of God. What does the word of God do? Because that which the word of God says is what you shall do because it proceeds from the mouth of God. If God says it, then do it. Yeah. So, the enemy is beaten by this. Response through scripture that it is written. I, I can live without that bread. I don't have to do it because you've said I do it. No, I will live by the word of God. And he knows that this is not God speaking. He's just come through a fast. He knows that uh, whichever message is, is coming right now, that is not God. Discernment, learning to know, yes, you're hungry, you should eat, but is it God speaking? And Jesus knows it is not. Then the devil took him into the holy city and had him stand at the pinnacle of the temple. Now, uh, this appears to be a process that is happening in the spiritual because when we are told that he took him into the holy city, of course they are talking about Jerusalem, and at, uh, standing on the pinnacle of the temple uh, that is quite high, so they didn't climb up to get on, on top of the temple. So this is these are happenings in the spiritual. And say to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written. Hmm? Now, the, the devil here is quoting scripture. We should be careful. He knows scripture. He can quote scripture and mislead you when they've even quoted scripture. He says, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you. And on their hands, they will bear you up so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. The devil is quoting, yeah? From scripture. He's quoting from Psalms chapter 91 verse 11. Which says, for he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. They shall bear you up in their hands lest you dash your foot against the stone. So, he knows sometimes how to attack. Sometimes how to come and uh, get to our mind and cause us to do things that don't please God. The scriptures that you might hear sometimes being quoted to you by somebody, you need to also have that heart of discernment. You need the Spirit of God to help you discern and know, is this God speaking or it's the devil? When he quotes this, the issue here with the enemy is, he may speak the word of God, but what he's telling you to do causes death, is destruction. And that can happen. When people are speaking scripture, but are commanding you to do things that are wrong. There are some, we've had reports and we've read news and we've seen all sorts of people coming out to speak on spiritual abuse. For example, a preacher or a spiritual leader 
comes and says, I'm going to pray for you. And he's quoting all scripture. God will answer your prayer. God will heal you. But then, as I pray for you, I have to touch this part of your body. And it's, it's indecent. And some even go ahead and uh, tell others that you will have to have a sexual uh, event with them as they pray for you. Now, they're speaking scripture. They're quoting scripture. They're even praying. But then, what they're telling you to do leads to death. You need to be careful. Yeah? You need to be careful because the devil here quoting scripture and then asking Jesus to jump, fall. Of course, the response here we see is also by scripture. But the devil, the part he's telling Jesus to fall from, of course, leads to death. You're not going to get this city with you and you're not going to get the miracles that are coming when you're reckless. We don't look at the events that are coming after just because it has been spoken and it has come through scripture does not imply that it is God. And we've seen all sorts of spiritual abuse, people using scripture, the enemy using scripture, and coming out to hurt God's people. We need to be careful. By the devil quoting here does not imply that he's part and parcel with God. He can know and destroy. Jesus responds and says, on the other hand, it is written. Still, he comes out in scripture. You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Yes, I know. Huh? I know that he's put angels charge over me. I know that they will not let me fall. I know that I won't be harmed. I know that I can go through all that, but I won't put the Lord to test. Key for us as well. We know that God heals, but we don't expose ourselves to things that will kill us, to sexual promiscuity, that you, you, you don't care. It doesn't matter which disease I catch. God will heal me. No. We know that our God is a loving God. He forgives sins, but we don't get out there to make it a point to sin because we know that in Scripture, he will forgive our sins. So for you to know, you don't put the Lord to test because there are some things uh, that the enemy wants you to do and then you get in trouble. Jesus knows that, yeah, that scripture exists. The angels will take care of me. I will not be harmed. But then he makes a decision and says, no, I will not do that because it is for the pleasure of the enemy. And he's setting a trap for me. What traps has the enemy set for you? You need to look into your life and know. What traps has the enemy set for you? Those things that appear like you're testing God. Because you know of his grace. Because you know that he cares. Because you know that he heals. Does it imply you walk a reckless life? And I know there's somebody who is hearing me today. And there's a decision you were about to make that is reckless. And you might even have backed it up with scripture. And you might even, you know, sometimes we even go ahead and uh, sin and do even say, I'll get back and repent. God will forgive me. Taking it for granted because you know scripture, you know that his grace is abundant, so you'll do anything you want to do and get away with it. God is saying, and it's written, and Jesus is speaking and says, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. I know he can do it, but I do not have to test to prove a point. 
Yeah. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain. Now, he's failing on all occasions, but he does not stop. The enemy does not stop. When you overcome this temptation, he plans for another day to bring another. That's why we are on guard all the time. He does not give Jesus room. So again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory and said to him, All these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. He started with bread. He went ahead to, okay, you just jump. The angels will catch you. Now he goes to the extreme. Worship me. The devil wants to be worshipped. He brings it last, but that is always his own aim. That is his major aim. That is what he looks at most, that you worship him. He's not just looking for him to eat turn stones and eat bread. No. He's not just looking to quote scripture to, to show how great God is that angels will take charge. No. The end game for him is always that he should be worshipped. The end game for the temptation that we go through is that we end up worshipping the devil. That is what he's looking forward to, that you worship him. And those who fall prey eventually will worship the devil. And we've seen that. And we have to be careful about it. So he takes him to another place, still in a spiritual sense, where all kingdoms can be seen of the whole world. Now they are looking at all the might. In this time, of course, uh, at the time Jesus exists, Rome should be the glory of it all. They are showing him the Roman Empire. It says, you can be the one. You can be the one now that is in charge of all this, and I'll give it to you because the devil will have his authority over the earth, and we will read that one day. And he will have dominion in places. And he decides on who to give. Yeah? Because he says, all these things I will give to you. It's like he has control over all of them. And I will give them to you. If you can only bow down and worship. How many things has, has the enemy promised to give to you when you worship them? That if you go to that shrine and practice this and worship the enemy, then you shall get riches. That if you turn and do this, sometimes it's not even as extreme as getting to witchcraft. But there could be somebody who tells you, if you do this for me, in a mode of worship, then I'll give you a promotion at work. People who want to be worshipped in images of the devil. And here, Jesus says to him, Go, Satan. Now, this is, this is another level. He says, I'm not going to play around with this one anymore. Go, Certain, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. There is no other person that we are to worship but the Lord Almighty. Only. And he's still quoting from Deuteronomy 6.13. You shall fear the Lord your God and serve him and swear by his name. Only him should you serve. Only him should you worship. We don't worship men. We don't worship all these small gods that people will throw, put uh, all sorts of things in their houses, in their places of work to worship. We don't worship that. We don't worship uh, statues that have been molded for us and we bow down to them. No, we worship only the Lord God. And it's not just by speech, even by action. 
What Jesus was being told here to do was an, an action that bow down. So even in worship, actions are involved. How do you act will prove whether you're worshiping God or not. And when the devil sees this has failed, then the devil left him. And behold, angels came and began to minister to him. The devil, when you resist the devil, he flees. When you resist the devil, he leaves. Of course, he will come back at one point trying to bring you down. But the major point is resist the devil and he will flee. Resist temptation and he will flee. Make it a point to have scripture with you. From what we've read here, all that we've read here, God, Jesus responds with scripture. If we are going to fight temptation, we need the word of God. We are going to fight with the word of God and we will say, go Satan. Away, Satan. Because with the word of God, we fight the enemy. How have you been fighting? Have you just been running? You won't just run. Because you can run and find another temptation. But you will fight with the word of God. Fill yourself with the word of God. And he will lead you through the time of temptation. Of course, we're told angels came and ministered to Jesus. Of course, by then, they will attend to his hunger issues that he had. He has not eaten for 40 days, 40 nights. We don't know what exactly they gave him, but there is a ministration that happens to him there to close this uh, chapter of the 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness. And then he is ready for ministry. And that's where we shall start from next time. Father, we thank you for your word. Help us overcome. Help us run from temptation and stand according to your word all the days of our lives. We exhort you and give you glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us for our study today. We believe that the world of God is alive and new each day. Open your heart and let God speak to you. You can also access our teachings through our Podbean channel or reach us through our website, BibleInDepth.com. 